Iga Świątek won her 34th match in a row today, and she's through to the final for the second time at Roland Garros. Uh, last time she was there, she won. Iga Świątek, 34 match win streak, tying Serena Williams' record. Iga Świątek has won 34 matches in a row, and I really, really think she's just getting started. This really could just be the start. 34 matches, and I she she'll keep improving. She I think she'll still get better and better. I mean, she already sort of improves from tournament to tournament. Man, her uh, if you watch if you look at her in her Australian uh, at the Australian Open, her legs weren't as big. Like her legs are are now like tremendously muscular. She's so fast, so flexible, powerful. Having powerful legs helps you generate so much power. Not only does it help you run or slide or, or jump or or do whatever, it, it it can help you generate a lot of power. When you shorter when you sort of like short swing, you know, or when you have to squat, uh, squat and uh, uh, and swing, you know, like like Kerber. Look at Kerber, man. She uh, before Iga, you could probably say she had the strongest legs, uh, the strongest lower body there is. And look at her, like, her, her squat shot. Iga keeps getting better and better. But the main highlight, I think the, the, what, what today's match, uh, semi-final against, uh, Derek Kasatkina really highlighted is just how bad Derek Kasatkina is. But also, just how easy Iza, how easy Iga has it at the moment. Look, again, please, once again, before you go crazy, I'm not saying she's bad or anything like that. Like, I've bought into Iga, and I really don't like her. And for me to... Uh, admit it, it's it's not just... Uh, it's not like a pride thing, but like, she she is actually, in fact, good. Kesadkina, Coco Goff, I will never admit anything, because they are, in fact, not good. But that's besides the point, I'm going to try and stay on topic here. Iga is exceptional. But as she improves, as her win streak goes on, what all, what is also being highlighted is not just how exceptional Iga is or how dominant she is. I think because of how dominant she is and how exceptional her run is and, and, and how, how good she looks, how much better she looks than everyone, you also have to look at everyone and under, understand that a lot of these players are really, really bad. Um, but still, I think the best player she's played so far, and, and probably will be the case, because, I mean, she only has Coco Golf left. I think the best player she's faced is Jesse Pagula. And then Coco Golf, and then maybe Shin Sheng. But Jesse Pagula, I mean, it, it wasn't even... Uh, I mean the points were close. It was it was uh, on the scoreboard. It wasn't close or competitive in that regard. Um, but for like a 15-minute stretch, it felt close. Uh, Iga Kasatkina uh, did not feel close at all. Kasatkina is so horrible, man. She's so horrible. If I was Kudermetova, uh, um. I, I tweeted, I said, I hope she's watching this. I, I hope a lot of the girls on the tour are watching this. Not watching Iga. Just watching Iga... Give them a lesson how to beat Kasatkina. Man, it's so easy. How do you let this girl get here? Forget Iga. Iga's gonna win everything regardless. But at least, don't let Kasatkina get to semi-finals. At least make the tour look a little bit better. You know, like, um, I don't know, man. Because Iga's two toughest matches, I think, are, are behind her. It was the fourth round and the quarterfinal, Shinwon Shang and, and Jesse Pagula. Her first uh, three, um, Lesia Tsurenko, qualifier, Alison Risk, Danka Kovinic, even though she kind of struggled against Danka Kovinic, not really struggled, but uh, she was not even pushed, but she didn't stomp. Scoreboard-wise. Okay, but Pagula, Shinwen Sheng, I think those were the two best players uh, she's played. 
Uh, Shinwen Cheng was the only player to take a, a set against her. Pagula didn't. Not really even close, or didn't even really uh, threaten. They did play in Miami, by the way. Uh, so, like, uh, in, in this 34 uh, win streak, there was an, uh, there are two Pagula matches now. The other one was Miami. The first set wasn't close, but the second set, at least Pagula went 7-5. Um, against Iga. <laughs> in the uh this is now the third uh 34 34 wins in the row for uh Iga three of them uh were Castle Kino ones she be this is the fourth time she beats her this year um but she actually lost to Ostapenko after she beat Castle Kino in Dubai she played Ostapenko and lost to her but then from then uh, played Kasatkina two more times and beat her, I think. Doha and uh, was that right? Did I? Did, am I lying to you? I might be lying to you, honestly. Maybe it was in Australia. Where did they play this year? Today was uh, four, right? Yeah, it was in it was in Australia. I lied to you. So this streak, uh, 34 uh, wins for Ego. Uh, just like Pagula, this is the second Kasatkina one. And just like Pagula, and just like Kasatkina, Coco Goff, uh, there is one Coco Goff uh, win in this streak so far. Uh, and after uh, after Saturday, when they play the final, there'll be two Coco Goff uh, wins for Ego to make it 35 total. Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna. Well, that's our final, by the way, on Saturday. Coco Goff. Uh, Coco Goff beat Trevisana. We'll, we'll talk about that a little later. Uh, I won't talk about the final, but we'll talk about Coco Goff and, and Trevisan later. Uh, by the way, guys, this is the safe space. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, the plan for today is is I'm going to talk about, um, you know, continuing talking about Iga, Kassad, Kino, that semifinal, then look at uh, Trevisan and um, Coco Goff, the other semifinal. Um, I'm not really, and then I won't talk about the final. I won't talk about Iga, Coco. Uh, may maybe a little bit, just some comments and initial thoughts. Look at the line and, and just say it a little something. Um, and then we'll talk about the men's. Uh, we'll talk about the men's, the two semifinals for the men's. Uh, give our picks, talk about that. And then once that's all done, I'm going to go to the uh, 125k in Makaraska and we'll uh, do a quick preview of today and look at tomorrow as well. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll keep that for the very end. Um, but let's, let's finish the women's first. I think Eagle's gonna win the French and Wimbledon. As I was saying, how physically impressive she has been, how how athletic she looks, how like, her legs, her speed, her 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 movements on court, not only um not only her feet, like her speed and quickness, but also the, the IQ behind it, the anticipation, knowing uh where to step, when to get there, things like that. Um that that all uh will really help on the grass. Uh, and it is a bit of a, a specialist surface, but I mean, she's just she's just so far gone. She's so far ahead at this. They've created a monster, like I've said. The, I mean, she's getting it better and better. The, the more she wins, the better she'll get. The more respect she gets from winning, the better she'll get. And then the more she'll win. You know, the more she wins, the more uh, coverage she gets, the more she's talked about, the more records she breaks. All that shit, she'll just get better and better. And as, re as a result, she'll win more and more. It really is a, a, a huge snowball effect. Mm-hmm. I think she's going to win uh, the French and then and then Wimbledon. Hardcore, hardcore season, there are maybe some girls that can hang. On the grass, I don't know if, if anyone can... I mean, who's good? Who's playing well right now? And 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 you can't really say, well, no one's playing well right now because Ego's beating everybody. Ego doesn't play against everyone. You know what I'm saying? Like, like here at the French, she played how many people? Like six or seven? And none of them were uh, really in the mix anyway, except for maybe Jesse Pagula, uh, you know? I mean, Kasatkina, no. Kasatkina, uh, realistically, should lose in the first or second round. Uh, just luckily, she had an easy draw. And also, luckily for Kasatkina, everyone who plays against her plays like shit. Not Iga, though. 
Her black magic shit didn't work, or whatever. Uh, too good. Cassette Kina man, the second serves. I mean, I don't, un I, 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 I don't know how at a professional level she wins matches. She holds more than her opponent. I don't understand. But anyway, enough of Kasatkina. Hopefully, we don't have to talk about Kasatkina uh, for for a while. Uh, unfortunately for Kasatkina, she w she was quite good on the grass uh, last year. She had some success. I don't know how. Uh, so she'll be back uh, pretty soon. Uh, I'm I'm very excited for grass season. It's a lot of fun. It's aesthetically pleasing. Uh, you know, looking at the red clay, it's uh, a bit ugly. Uh, sometimes on your screen, I think the, the the green grass, it's a lot more bright. It's uh, It looks like the good stuff. If you know what I'm saying. But yeah, let's not get ahead of ourselves. We still we still have uh, a, a couple of matches here left at the French. And I think it's three more matches, right? Two semifinals and a final. Uh, yesterday, did I say we have six matches left? I think I'm... Oh, yeah, we do. Oh, sorry. We have... Yeah, we... Yeah, yeah. We we did have six matches left uh, yesterday. Today, we... Now, we have four left. Two semifinals. And then the men's final. So, that's three. And then the women's final. So, four. Um... Before we move on to the two uh, men's semifinals, let's talk about Coco Golf and Martina Trevisan. Uh, something I noticed about Coco Goff is that all of her matches, it's close, and then she just runs away with it, and it, it is it is a little impressive. Uh, I'll be I'll be honest with you, it's kind of impressive. I don't know why, but it's been happening all week. For example, uh, in the first round, Coco Goff Marino five five in the first set. Uh, Coco Goff won seven five six love. So from five five, she won the next and last eight games of the match. From five five in the first set. Uh, you know five five. It's like super close. This set can really go either way. Uh, she won every game. She won seven five and then six love. Uh, Coco uh, Coco Goff in the second round. This was the only anomal uh, anomaly uh, against Allison Van Uitvank. Uh, 6-1 and then 7-6. I think that's a bit of a crazy one. But that, that, that match is the only match that was like that. Where the the first set, uh, she was ahead. And, and the second set was the one that was close. Kai Kanepi, 6-3, 6-4. I guess that's another one. I, I guess that's just a straightforward one. But then these next three. Elise Mertens uh, in, the th in the fourth round. 4-4 uh, four, four in the first, and then 6-4, six, 6-love. So just like the uh, Marina one, uh, she won the the next eight games when it was all tied in, in the first. You know, against Marino, 5-5 five, five to 7-5, 6-love. Against Elise Mertens, 4-4 four, four to 6-4, six, 6-love. Six, against Sloane Stevens, it was 5-5. Five, five. Coco Golf went 7-5, 6-2. Won eight of the uh, last ten games. Against Trevisan, the same. 3-3. Three, three. And then 6-3, six, 6-1. Six, one. one, three, plus six, nine. Nine of the next ten games. And honestly, against Trevisan today, some of them were close. A lot of the games were really close. Uh, Goff seemed to play well uh, in, in clutch situations. I think Trevisan was trying to do a little bit too much and overcomplicating the game for herself, but it is because her opponent uh, was a bit of a tricky one. She she had a lot of answers to what she was doing of Coco. So, I mean, fair play to Coco. Trevisan was not able to really truly get comfortable and had to try a lot of things with mixed uh, mixed results. Uh, some things worked, some things didn't. Just... Um, she could not really find anything successful and sustain sustainable for her to do throughout the match. Travisan had some big moments, some big points. Um, but there was this one service game where I think she was down 1-2 in the second set. 
and the level increased actually in the second set from the start. Uh, Trevisan held after going love one down, uh, and then Kokogov uh, held for two one, and then Trevisan on serve. Uh, it was a long, you know, mult multiple deuce game, uh, but she ended up getting broken. That was it. Uh, that was probably like the final straw. Uh, but Tre Trevisan played well, but but again, once again, Coco Goff, not that crazy. She made the final. But I'm not really impressed by her tennis, I tweeted this. Uh, it's, it's a matter of results versus performance once again. Yes, I understand that her results are impressive. The the feat is impressive. Making the final, it's super impressive. And clearly, you did uh, something right. Not just something, but you did a lot of things right uh, to make it to the final. Uh, as a result, that's great. You know, you, you won uh, one, two, three, four, five, six matches, and you're playing uh, the seventh match, which, which is the final of a slam. Uh, for the first time, 18-year-olds, uh, congratulations. That's amazing. Your results are really good. But what about your performance? I tweeted this, and I'll, I'm going to read out the tweet to you word for word. And I'm going to tell you... Uh, I'll also read out a couple of replies. I said, So Coco Goff is a Grand Slam finalist. I understand that the achievement is impressive and the feat is remarkable. What I want to ask is this. Is anyone impressed by her tennis? I mean her performance. I'm not talking about the results. Have her performances impressed you? The results are good. But is the tennis good? And I understand that you can argue uh, immediately and say it doesn't matter. She made it to the final. Um... If that's your answer, I have a lot of things to say to you. One, you're narrow-minded as fuck. Number two, that's a loser mentality. And number three, you're you're ruining the exercise and you're you're boring as fuck. And that's not what I'm asking. Why is that a loser mentality? Because um, if if you're a perfectionist and and if you want to be the best, you should not only be results oriented, uh, but also be performance oriented. Because if you're results oriented, it means your performance doesn't matter, and maybe one day you will not get the result that you want because your performance ain't shit. Simple. Yeah, that's a loser mentality. Oh, it doesn't matter. Performance doesn't matter as long as you win, right? That's all that matters. That's how she got here. She keeps winning. Uh, fuck you uh, and and your loser mentality. That's uh, really all I have to say. And actually, I can't speak to you. I I, I really cannot talk uh, to people like that. Not because of how they sound. Uh, and, and I don't know why, but a lot of them do sound like that. Um, I feel like that's very accurate. But no, you're ex extremely narrow-minded. And, and yeah, I cannot have conversations with people like you. You just cannot think, I guess. And uh, I'm sorry, with all due respect, I, I, I cannot speak to you. Sorry. But no, really. Has, has Coco Goff's tennis impressed anyone? And uh, I'm not trying to convince you I'm, I'm, I want you to convince me almost you know I'm not trying to say no her performances suck uh, they don't match uh, it's not like that for me really I, I want you to convince me that her tennis is good and it doesn't have to be the case where your performances back up your results because uh, it doesn't have to be the case because sometimes you can win ugly you can get lucky and I'm not saying that's the case I'm just saying it's very possible that your results will be better than your performances. I am willing to argue that that is the case for Coco Goff. Her results far more impressive than her performances. Sometimes it's the other way around and it's so sad to see. For example, Kaya Mukova, Andriscu, uh, you know, like sometimes players play really, really well, uh, but they just fall short in the end, uh, in the match. Now, I'm not even talking in the tournament long, you know? Um, Sometimes they play really, really well, but their opponent uh, is just really good and also playing really well, and unfortunately only one person can win, right? Uh, so sometimes a player can give in a fantastic performance, um, 
but lose the match. It's like once when I talked about, you know, if you're going to look at what's the, what's what really is the difference between uh, performances and results being performance orientated and being results orientated. Let's say you, you go race Usain Bolt, just you and Usain Bolt. Uh, you go and, and le okay. Let's say maybe Usain Bolt is washed now. Whatever. Let's say this is the year he he broke the world record and won gold at the Olympics and all that stuff. Let's say it's that year. Let's say like six weeks after that, you guys met on a track and you guys raced. You guys raced. Uh, Usain Bolt broke the world record again on 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 your head top. Right next to you, and, and danced on on your face at the finish line. Said, "Ha! I just broke the world record." Uh, Guinness came, the Olympic uh, Olympic Committee came, they all came. Uh, Usain Bolt just broke the world record again. But he was just racing you, by the way. It's just you. You were in lane one, and he was in lane two. Okay. Usain Bolt uh, won the race, obviously, and broke the world record. How about that? But you, you ran your fastest time. Ever, you you broke his previous record, and and uh, you lost the race by zero by a millisecond. Okay, did you win the race? No, you lost. But on that day, you would have beaten anyone in the world, including Usain Bolt's old uh, uh, numbers. You know what I'm saying? Like that's. That's being performance oriented. You know what I mean? On the contrary, you can um, race my neighbor who has one leg longer than the other. I don't think he can run very fast. Okay? You go on a track, you're in lane one, he's in lane two, you win the race. Is that uh, like, you, you know what I You see what I'm trying to say? You win the race. But everyone in the world, except for my neighbor, would have beaten you in that race. You know, you know what I'm trying to say here. Like my neighbor is actually the slowest person in the world. Uh, let's say in in this hypothetical scenario, my neighbor is the slowest person in the world. So really, anyone else in the world you would have raced, including my neighbor's grandmother. I know she's alive. She she was here like two weeks ago. If you raced her, you would have lost. She's faster than you. Anyone in the world, you would have lost the race, but you 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 raced my neighbor. Uh, he's the slowest person in the world, and you won the race. Are you happy that you won the race? You know what I mean? Uh, these are, I mean, of, of course this is very extreme and exaggerated, but I, I think you can understand what I'm trying to say here. Uh, performances do matter. Sometimes uh, people have all-world performances, but so do their opponents, and they lose. Um, and then others... Um, their performances suck, but their their opponents' performances suck even more, and they go through and they get the results. You know what I mean? I think that's how Kasatkina got there. That's how uh, Coco Goff is here. Coco Goff, I'm not saying her performances have all been bad. She's done a lot of good. She's improved in a lot of areas. One thing I think that really uh, carries Coco Goff. Uh, it's her fitness and her athleticism. She is super fast. She is so, so fast. And she's getting better at sliding, at, at reading, sort of the, the, the mental or the tactical side. Uh, you know, these are like things like like instincts. Like you can only train it by getting so many reps and seeing something over and over. You know, like, you know, where to stand, when to go, how to react, things like that. Uh, and being fast, like 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 quick on your feet, being fast, uh, fast feet, quick feet, uh, you know, you can you can run fast, you can slide fast, uh, that all helps as well. Um, and as her reactions and all that gets better, she she will get better at that. Um, she's a bit more clutch, but I mean, it's not like high pressure situations. A lot of her opponents have not been very good. Let's be honest. Um, this is a huge test for Coco, and I, I think the expectation is for her to not pass the test or anywhere close. If passing the test means she wins, well, no, she's uh, she's not even going to come anywhere close to a passing grade, if that's the case. 
If passing the test is uh, maybe putting in a decent, respectable performance, keeps it somewhat competitive, then yeah, maybe she might pass. But by no means is this a test in any kind of way for for Iga. If anything, she's the she's the examiner. She's the one giving the test. She doesn't have a test to take herself. Okay, um, Iga in finals has just just been astronomical. Uh, you know, even when she won here the the French Open like uh, two years ago, uh, incredible. And every final since, uh, I mean, just just look at the finals. Ons Jabor was probably the best player she's played in, in a long time. Ons Jabor, considering her form and, and all that. Uh, you know, Ons Jabor, she won Madrid. She went to Rome, uh, made the final, lost to Iga, wasn't even close. And that was the best player uh, Iga has played. And it was in a final with the pressure. She was world number one. It was midst of her incredible win streak, and she still won so easy. Yeah, maybe Uns was tired, blah, 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 but Iga herself was exceptional. In a final, with the pressure, you know. Um, the only positive, I think, for Coco Goff is that it really is a no-pressure situation. I mean, in, in all of her matches so far, she's been a... A favorite by at least uh, three and a half, four, four and a half games. At least. Which tells you two things: one good and one bad. The 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 bad thing is that it tells you about the quality of her opponents. If Coco Goff is minus like three and a half, four and a half, and she's still winning, um, then her opponents kind of suck. You know? Um, she was winning and covering, actually. Uh, I think she's actually covered every round. Wow. Um, but anyway, the good thing is, is that... Being a favorite, she's dealt with the pressure well. Because uh, clearly, in all of those matches, not only she was the favorite, she was a higher-ranked player. Uh, in the eyes of the public, she was the favorite. She was expected to win. Uh, and she came through. So that's a good thing. You know, with the pressure, she's she's dealt with it. Even though it's not uh, surmountable or anything like that. But, I mean, that's that's a positive sign. We can give her credit for that. Uh, you know, making it here to the final, winning all these matches. Yes, there's an argument that, yeah, you can only beat who's in front of you. Uh, you just got to do your job. You know, a lot of people also have had easy draws, easy matches. They just didn't take advantage of it. Um, okay, sure, but you shouldn't compare, uh, you know, a player you like. You shouldn't give credit... Uh, to Coco Goff for that, bash the other players. Just because someone is shit, and she's not doing as shit as them, doesn't mean we have to praise her. Just bash the fuck out of the rest of them. Call them out, you can call out Muguruta, you can call out Contivate, call out whoever you want. Just don't give Coco Goff credit and praise and clap for her and twerk for her and applaud her for doing the bare minimum, or for not sucking dick, you know what I mean? You, you can't clap for someone because they didn't suck. Please don't get it twisted. There's a huge difference. But anyway. I look forward to the to the women's final, really. I, I wonder... Uh, by the way, I said Castle is not going to win more than four games today. I, predi I predicted all of them uh, to be holds. I did not expect uh, her to break Iga at all. Uh, but I expected four games. I, so like 12-6... Uh, tw sorry, 12-4... Um, Ego, like if we look at games like 6-2, six 6-2, two, six two, something like that, like 6-4, uh, 6-3, 6-1, 6 something like that. Um, I was wrong. Uh, she did not win four games, and I, and she did not not break, she did break. Uh, but she only held twice, as she won three games total. Uh, it was 6-2, six 6-1, six Ego. It was actually 2-2 two two in the first, and then Ego won four in a row. And then six of the seven in the third, so she won uh, ten of the last eleven games from two-two in the first. Mm -hmm. She actually led two-zero and then got broke, and then Kasatkina held, uh, and then uh, Ego snapped. For my prediction for the final, I might change it because uh, we still have tomorrow to talk about this. But for now, I'm gonna say uh, Ego's gonna win, and this is this is a tough one. 
uh, uh, sorry, I think Coco is gonna win no more than six games. No, like that's a maximum game she's gonna win. My score prediction is. Six one seven five, in that order. First set six one, second set seven five. You really believe that's my prediction? Truthfully, I think Coco Golf again wins no more than than six games. I think six one six three. Sorry, four games. Four games. Like Kasatkina today, uh, I don't think she's going to do any uh, better than Kasatkina. Kasatkina won three, I'm going to give Coco Golf four. I think 6-1-6-3 is fair. I definitely see a 6-1 first set. Uh, and maybe a bagel too. Um, the only player that she hasn't bageled in a final was Unz. I think it was like 6-2-6-2 -6 or 6-2-6-3. Um, and that was Unz who was playing great, honestly. Um, Coco Golf uh, might be a, a 1 or a 0 there, I think. Uh, breadsticker bagel bakery product uh, you know as you know it's popular she's gonna serve her a, ba a bakery product so a bagel or breadstick uh, I definitely see that and I think it'll be in the first set too uh, Iga always comes out firing she always starts well I mean the way she plays finals like it's no pressure there like this is her shit these are her stomping grounds and Coco Golf, there's no semblance of been there done that it's the biggest match of her life uh, against the best player in the world. So, I mean... Uh, it's gonna be a crazy one. I look forward to talking about uh, that uh, much more tomorrow. Now, let's shift to the two men's semifinals. Tomorrow, Rafa Nadal versus Sasha Zverev. Uh, you know, just to recap really quickly, both of these guys in the quarterfinals uh, played amazing. Obviously, Rafa beat Novak Djokovic in four sets. Uh, Sasha Zverev beat Carlitos in four sets. Not as close, very dominant. To talk about Sasha Zverev first, the underdog, Sasha, Sasha Zverev is a plus six and a half, plus 275 underdog tomorrow. Sasha, Sasha Zverev lost to Carlitos in Madrid in the final really badly. Uh, but he complained and, and bitched and moaned and said that it was a problem because he played really late the night before in the night sesh. His match wrapped up past midnight. He went back to his room at 1, didn't fall asleep till 4, and then had to play a final the next day against uh, Carlitos, who at the time was really uh, the best uh, best men's, best tennis player in the world, period. Clay court, whatever. Women's, whatever. <laughs> Women's, right? <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um... Yeah, and it just smelled like a load of horseshit. It's like, yo, just stop really complaining. Like, yeah, he is the best. And and probably if you were well-rested, I mean, the the results uh, is probably the same. Um, your performance, maybe not, but you probably you probably get s stomped either way, right? Um, I don't know. In the quarterfinals, uh, Sasha Zverev played amazing. Looked so composed, so focused. He looked ready. He was up for it. He wasn't... You know, Sasha Zverev, he never gets way, way too uh, up or way too aroused for a match. Um, I know way too up is not uh, correct English. I, I guess I should say he doesn't get up too much. Um, but he's not... Uh, usually he doesn't get up enough or he gets up too little. Um, just because of his, I'd say his normal st state of flow. Or something like that. It's a pretty low or, or sort of calm level, um, but he got up just enough, man. He he was, um, man. This guy looked good. Sasha Zverev served good. I mean, I think he has a point to prove. He's so good. He's so good. He's, uh, you know, if you look at his earlier results, like he was kind of playing around with his food. And in, in hindsight, we can say this. Um, a couple of close sets against Zapata Mirais, uh, even though he won in straight 7-6-7-5-6-3 against Nakashima who's just such a waste man of a player uh, a couple of tie breaks there too 7-6-6-3-7-6 but also in straights 
was two sets down to Sabita Baez, the rats. I mean, clearly just playing with his food, and that shit is like so so far back, uh, doesn't really matter. Um, but against Carlitos, he came to play. You know? Um, that's the thing with the men's, like early on, like I think even some of the top players know, like... Like, first round against uh, a, a, a motherfucker called Offner, like, this really doesn't matter. What I should aim to do here is to spend, um, you know, as little energy as possible and, and just make it to the next. Obviously, against Sabita Baez, that didn't work. He played five, was was two sets down. Um, uh, won the next three sets. But man, did he look good against Carlitos. Carlitos was probably one of the favorites. A lot of people were saying... Oh, Djokovic Nadal, the winner gets Carlitos next, you know? Um, and I was one of those, too. Honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. I was one of those. Uh, so I was very impressed. Uh, and I was surprised that it happened. Like I was saying, seeing Zverev play well was not surprising. Seeing Carlitos struggle a little bit was not really surprising. But then, why does the result of Zverev beating Carlitos surprising? The performances were not surprising. Uh, Sasha's Zverev playing well should not surprise anyone. Carlitos maybe struggling a little bit or not playing too well should not really surprise anyone either, really. Realistically. So why was the result so surprising? For me at least. Maybe for others it wasn't. But for myself, uh, I, I did find it very hard to believe. I don't know why. But um, here he is, Sasha's Zverev. Against Nadal, who... Had two days off, and and currently there's a lot of talk about um, his injury, how like he has a problem with his foot or like broken broken bones in his foot or or a bone that died or a bone that's not work. I don't know, man. All sorts of shit. Uh, one of the doctor or his doctors or a Spanish doctor went on radio and talked about it, and said that right now he's he's on anesthesia and and he's good to play like now for like these two weeks. Um, but after this tournament, uh, we don't know how long he'll have to rest for until uh, he treats. And he, he made it seem like, oh, it could take one week, it could take one month, maybe he'll never play again. You know, it was a very sort of uh, long, vague answer of how long he'd be out for, or just how serious it is. He sort of gave that sort of answer. Oh, it could be one week, it could be, uh, you know... Um, one month, one year. I don't know why I'm speaking Italian. The guy was Spanish. Um, but, but look. Nadal versus Djokovic. Man, he came to play. Uh, HGH or steroids or whatever. But he looked so good. So energetic. So alive. So focused. Um, and he was so aggressive. Like, he really got up in ways that I could not have imagined. Um, but again, it's not surprising. Uh, the guy is is a freak in that regard, man. Uh, as a as a competitive, as a fighter, he really um, just gets after it, and he gets up, he gets aroused, he finds his level, like emotionally, as well, and and physically, he's always right, um, or prepared, I should say. I mean, obviously, injuries you can't. Sometimes you can, they can make you not right. But you know what I'm trying to say. Now, please let me say this, and 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 don't lose your minds, or 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 or, or you know, I don't want to. This is this isn't outrageous what I'm about to say. So just, please just let me say it, and, and 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 let me like finish saying it before you start going crazy. Okay. It is possible that Rafa Nadal. And look, um. A lot of Ra Rafa's fans, they feel like they already won 14 and 22. Uh, 14th uh, French Open title for Rafa and the uh, 22nd uh, Grand Slam overall. A lot of people already think that. Uh, and honestly, based on what I was saying before and my logic, how saying, uh, well, that quarterfinal, like that's the real final, whoever wins this wins the thing. Um, yeah, I'm going to backtrack. I said that, but no, like people still believe like... Oh yeah, like since you won that, like, I mean, who else is like, okay, Djokovic lost, Carlitos is that like, he's gonna lose to Zverev or Rude or Chilich? No way, no way, no way. Now it is. Please let me finish. Please uh, don't don't interrupt me. Please just let me finish. <sighs> it is possible that he 
maybe overlooks Zverev. Um, or maybe feels like, and, and I understand that he's a pro. Uh, and 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 Rafa surely, you know, will will not let it slip now that he already beat uh, his biggest adversary uh, in Djokovic. Uh, now he should just take care of business and and get to Sunday and then win win the f win the final on Sunday versus Chilicharud, and everything is good. But you can't argue, or, or maybe more realistically, you can maybe expect that he just won't be as good. Like, he won't get up as much. You know what I mean? Not only is the occasion not as big and doesn't require that in his eyes, but also, like, physically, like, realistically, I think it's very hard to sort of replicate that again. I could be completely wrong. I'm just sort of presenting an argument, giving my thoughts. Zverev, on the other hand, I think, is in a great position because not only is he playing well, not only is he, I'm sure, full of confidence, and, and he really does have that chip on his shoulder and he has something to prove, and, and he wants to win a fucking slam. He's going to get done at a slam. But, you know, before Carlitos, he was like, oh, you've never beat a top 10 player in a slam before. You've lost everyone you faced. Even Shapovalov, who's like on the fringe and like, you know, he's not even actually a top 10 player. But yeah, you didn't even beat him. You lost him. He has a lot to prove. And similar to Coco against Ego, usually there's a lot of expectation and eyes and pressure on him. But here, no. I mean, you're against Rafa Nadal. All eyes are on Rafa. Uh, our people are already talking about uh, Rafa 14 uh, and 22. 14 French Opens and, and, and 22 slams total. People are already talking about that. You know what I mean? So there's no pressure, no expectation. But the confidence is there, the level is there, the form is there, the the, the quality, the potential, all of that is there. Um, and please forgive me, and, and there's no way to know if I'm right or wrong, but this is just what I think, and you can't uh, convince me otherwise, or tell me that I'm wrong. I'm not saying that I'm right, but you can't tell me that I'm wrong. But I really feel like Zverev would rather play Rafa than Djokovic, in my opinion. And I think I'm right. But look, you can't tell me I'm wrong because you can't prove it. And I know I can't prove I'm right, so... <laughs> okay, it's just, it's just what I think. And you can't tell me I'm wrong because I'm not. I'm not right either, but you can't tell me I'm wrong, okay? Haha. <laughs> but no, seriously. Uh... Look, Zverev, I'm not saying he he will win, should win, but he he can win. He he stands a chance, not a not a huge chance, um, but he does stand a chance, and I and I think I think he'll come to play, man. This is a really interesting one. It's a huge, uh, biggest game of his life, really. And I think he'll he'll come to play as if it is. For Rafa, it's not really the biggest game of his life. You know what I mean? Even though what's at stake for him is a lot more. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's natural even to expect a bit of a letdown after Djokovic. Or just to expect that, not, not a letdown, but like he just won't be like that. You know what I mean? Like, like I think only like... You know, Djokovic at the French Open, will, will you get that sort of Nadal? Like, I think that's the best, best, best version of Nadal that we saw. Even with steroids or HGH or whatever, like, I don't think it gets better than that. No, like, no matter what, what you do to him, right? Uh, Rafa Nadal versus, uh, you know, one of his biggest rivals on Philippe uh, Chatier in a quarterfinal. Like, come on. You know what I mean? That's the best Nadal you're going to get. Uh, and I, I don't think I'm wrong there. I don't. I really don't think you can argue that Nadal can be any better than that. I mean, it's very possible that we see the same Nadal. Doesn't have to be better, but if it's the same Nadal, then Zverev, yeah, stands zero chance. Of course. But Nadal was eating in a lot of Djokovic's uh, service games, making it harder. And then, as a result... Uh, you know, Djokovic's main sort of uh, concerns was to just hold serve for the most part, I think. Just to worry about that, yeah, you know, expend all your energy there. 
I think Zverev will not have a lot of trouble holding. I could be wrong, but I think uh, he'll serve really well like he has been and can maybe make some noise on, on Nadal's service games. And Nadal, really, other than the Djokovic match, has not been that good. Let's not forget. Like, let's, you know, let's not get carried away. Like, maybe that Djokovic one was the outlier. He got up, it was the probably the one of the biggest matches of his life, uh, with a lot on the line, the legacy, the heads-ahead, the, the records, the slams, the French. You know what I'm saying? Like, against Sasha Zverev, in a semi-final even, not a final, like, this is huge for Sasha Zverev, man. This is huge. If Sasha Zverev wins this, he's a favorite in the final. He probably wins it all. Man. This is gonna be good. This is gonna be a good one. Mm-hmm. I think the over looks very good. 35 and a half, 36, 36 and a half. I think that looks very good. Um. Sasha Zverev to win two sets. Oh, it's not it's not that sexy to be honest. Um I mean that is asking for a lot. But it's plus one forty, but it is asking for a lot, I think. Zverev to win one set is minus one seventy. Which is not really worth it, and it really might not happen, so like it's also not really worth it. Um but Zverev to win two sets is plus one forty. Um his plus one and a half set set spread is plus 140 and I don't know I mean I think uh, the over I think is really good I mean I don't see Zverev winning under 36 I mean if he does that'll be crazy uh, of course you can take some uh, Zverev money line if you're worried about that as insurance but will Nadal win under 36 and a half also no I, I, I think it'll be very unlikely that either player wins this in three sets or like four not so close ones I think with how well Zverev serves I think maybe we'll see like some maybe a tiebreaker too like a like a like a six four seven five or something something like that uh, like I don't think Zverev like can get stomped you know maybe you can break him once or twice but maybe not once or twice a set you know um, once or twice a set no more than that uh, but but even still um, I don't know, but I think I think Zverev uh, stands a ch chance. I don't see really if if you like Nadal here, how are you gonna bet him? Um, like minus one and a half sets is super expensive. It's minus one seventy or minus uh, yeah minus one seventy one eighty five some places. Um, his three zero or minus two and a half sets is plus one forty, and I think that's a tough one. Even though it pays well, I think that's a bit of a tough one. But plus 140, I think, I mean, uh, the price is good. But yeah, it, it, it definitely is a bit of a tough one. Rafa, minus 5.5 games probably is your only option because I don't really like Zverev plus 5.5 games. Um, I think that's a bit of a scary one, but I, I think that's that's a good way to back Nadal. I think minus 5.5 games. A lot of sick freaks are going to play his money line straight, which is minus 335. Um... A lot of people will probably parlay that with Ego and Straits. I think that's a really good parlay. I know a lot of people are probably going to play that parlay. Uh, Ego and Straits and Rafa Nadal, as square as it gets. And it's it's sort of poetic in a way. Um, but in a lot of people's eyes, that's such a winner. Honestly, I think that's a winner. Rafa to win. I mean, I think that's... Uh, pretty straightforward, I think. Not a tough ask, and Egan Straits, I mean, I think that's just, uh, uh... I don't really use the L word ever, but I mean, that's, uh... That's a good one, I think. I think that looks very good. Uh, I'm not gonna play it, because I don't think Ruffo wins, and there's... I'm not, s uh, like that at all. Um... But yeah, honestly, uh, yeah, Rafa... Rafa Moneyline and, and Egan Straits, that's surely, like, minus 110 or something, right? Let me put that in and tell you right now, super fast.
Yeah, that's minus 109. That's really good, really. Uh, Rafa and straights and Iga 2-0. I'm not going to do that because uh, if if I bet that and Zverev wins, uh, like I'm, I'm crying for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? Um, but no, no. Rafa, Zverev, I think the over looks really good. Um, and if you like Zverev, uh, money line and, 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 and set spread, not game spread, in my opinion. Because uh, the game's a... Uh, I don't know, though. I mean, he can lose in four and not cover the set spread, but cover the games, possibly. Um, gee, I don't know, though. I don't know. That's a tough one, though. I really look forward to it. I like the over a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. 35 and a half? Wow. That's a bit of a low one, because it goes four sets, in my opinion, at least. No one's winning in straights. Uh, not even Nadal. I think Zverev will, will make at least one set uh, competitive and, and probably win one set. I don't think that's too much to ask. And the odds, I guess, kind of agree. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On to the next one. Look, I don't understand how you make Chilich a bigger underdog than Rune. Can someone explain that to me? How is Chilich a bigger underdog against Kasper Rude than this 19-year-old Holger Rune was? How? Like, how How does that make sense? How does that make sense, man? Marin Chilich is playing amazing. He might be the second best player in this tournament after Rafa. Maybe third after Sasha. But Casper Rune, I mean, come on, please. Rune, with a bit more focus, consistency, and mental toughness, could have beat this man, Casper Rude. Who is Casper Rude? If Hercatch didn't choke on a fat one and his serve didn't abandon him when he was a breakup in the fourth set, it could have gone to five and he would have had a lot of momentum, man. And Casper Rude wouldn't even be here. What is it? What it like? Really? What is this? this uh, what is this line? Who is Casper Rude? Who is he, man? This is some Kasatkina Coco Golf bullshit. What's he doing here? Why is he favored like this? You guys think he's gonna win? There's no way! Marin Chilich, man, just go bet it. Sets, games, uh, game spread, game total, total games. Uh, to win two sets, to win one set, to win, to win the match, man. It's incredible, man. Incredible. Who made this line? Marin Cilic plus 190? Ain't no way. Rune was plus 175. Rune! Rune! And Cilic is plus 190? You're, you're joking me. You're actually joking me. Like, forget about whether he wins or not. Just, just from a value perspective, this is just so ridiculous, man. Chilich is plus 190 against Casper. Marin Chilich, man, the way he's playing, it's just incredible. He hit like 78, uh, 75, 76, 77, like 80 winners against uh, Rublev. 80 winners! 80 winners! I understand they played five sets and it went to a super tiebreak. Um, but still, man, this guy is on one, man. He's a been there, done that kind of guy. And and Kasparud, not like that, man. Like, where is the respect? And in, in so many ways. Kasparud not only benefited from an easy draw, but also opponents that uh, played like shit in, in crucial moments. You know, Holger Rune, uh, you know, his inexperience, his, his lack of focus and, and lack of consistency, or his lack of consistent focus, um cost him Hubie Hercatch I don't know what happened but I mean it's Hubie Hercatch Marin Chilich man he's playing amazing he beat Medvedev and Rude who probably would have beat Kasper Rude easily both of those guys I'm telling you Medvedev and and Rublev would have 100% beaten uh Kasper Rude Andre Rublev uh the way he played against Chilich if he played Kasper Rude he would have beat him 100% 100% I'm telling you that I'm not wrong don't argue with me please Kasparud, I don't know who you are or who you think you are or who or who these people, these bookmakers, think you are. But this is ridiculous. 
Like, I don't care if he wins Casper Root, but he's not minus 230. He's not minus one and a half sets uh, over Chilich. That's just wrong. That's just wrong. That's all I have to say. Should be good, though. Uh, I'm Chilich all the way, man. Uh, Chilich in, 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 the, in the final uh, against Rafa. I would love that. Uh, if it's against Verev, honestly, I'll be torn, but that would be a dream final. Uh, Chilich Zverev. I would enjoy that a lot. I would be so, so happy and stoked and pleased for, for both winners. Um, for either winner, I mean. Um, yeah, should be good. Should be very, very, very good. Wow. I'm really excited for tomorrow, man. These men's semis and the men's final, like, like it's all incredible. If it's uh, Rafa Nadal and, and Kasper Ruud final, that's the worst one. That's the worst one, because then, yeah, we can immediately start talking about 14 and 22. They don't even have to play the match. Rafa Nadal, Kasper in, in, in the French Open final, man. That's that's 3-0 to the bank, man. I mean, come on, please, stop playing with me. That's the worst final. I hope it doesn't come to that. I really hope, uh, for a lot of reasons, it doesn't come to that. Because then I won't watch the final. And that means I would have lost both my bets in the semifinals. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a very bad sequence of events. Um, so I, I, re I really hope it doesn't come to that. Uh, but Chilich, man, uh, I may, it's oof, playing so, so well. And uh, really, I don't understand this line. Okay? And I really, really, really look forward to the matches. Uh, before we leave uh, Roland Garros and go to the 125k in, in Croatia, I also want to say that there are... Um, Two doubles matches tomorrow if you want to watch. Uh, Coco Goff and Jesse Pegula versus Keys and Taylor Townsend. Uh, four Americans. Uh, so an American team versus an American team. And Caro Garcia and Kiki Mladenovic versus Ostapenko and her friend Kitchenok, who have been uh, doing quite well uh, playing doubles together. Uh, so honestly, both of those are, 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 are pretty good. Those are before uh, the finals. Um, they're like earlier in the day, where like when the matches usually started. Oh, uh, that's when those are, and then the, um, the men's are later, in the, in the evening-ish time, in Paris. Okay, so on to the w WTA 125k in Makarazka, Croatia. Uh, today, betting-wise, uh, was pretty good for the most part. Some good results. Um, uh, Elena Av Avanesian versus Clara Burel uh, first up. Clara Burel won from a set down. 5-7-6-3-6-3. Uh, uh, Clara Burel, honestly, I, I've... You know, in hindsight, it's so easy to say this, but she was plus 140, and, and I, uh, you know, I really didn't want to fade her, but I, I really was liking the over. Uh, the over did come through. I should have bit on some Burel plus 140 against Avanesian. It's just such a stupid line, I think. Uh, grab her against Elisabetta Cosiareto. Um, this girl, Grab her, led in the first set. Lost 4-6. Uh, grab her, served for the match. Uh, uh, sorry, served for the set in the second set. Lost 5-7. Um, she was down 5-6 on serve, about to force a tiebreak. She was 40 love up on serve. Uh, you know, triple game point, one point away from forcing a tiebreak, and then, you know, anything's possible from there. Uh, you win the set, uh, you, it goes to the decider, uh, Cosiretto probably tanks and you win. From 40 love up, she got broke uh, for the match. Nothing to say there. Vivi Grasheva is probably one of the most embarrassing players, and in my opinion, one of the worst players on tour. I don't understand how she uh, achieved her world ranking, um, and how she has a minus next to her name uh, constantly. This girl, Olga Danilovic, who was like plus 180, beat her in straight 6-4, 6-3, okay? Uh, I did tell you that Noskova was a gift of a line, minus 2.5-ish, uh, minus 160, something like that, against Tomova. Tomova also is, is a bit of a, a pitiful player. Uh, so that was good, Noskova 1-6-3, 6-3, uh, pretty easy, pretty straightforward. Got broken a couple times, but uh, very straightforward. Uh, this dangerous lefty, Shiyu Wang versus Big Nemo, the German girl. Um, Shiyu Wang won a very close first set. Um, and then got stomped the rest of the way. Um, which was pretty sad to see. Uh, we won the to win a set there, lost the plus 200 money line. 
uh, from a set up, uh, not very good to see. And the decider, she led uh, by a break. She lost 4-6. Uh, uh, Gasanova was acting funny a lot uh, against another Anastasia. Um, didn't bet this one. Smelt like fish and I was a bit scared. Gasanova as a favorite against no names. It's always very scary. Uh, and it was, it was a good no bet. Uh, she lost the first set in a tie break. 14-12. to 12. She lost it. Uh, and then the rest of the way, she came back to win the next two sets, 6-3, six, 6-love. Six, this girl, Antonia Ruzic, uh, was probably the best uh, Croatian sort of no-name coming into this, uh, based on my research and what I saw for a little bit. Um, she played against Shmidlova, but, you know, Shmidlova at a 125k, that's like Serena Williams, almost. Uh, Shmidlova won 6-3, Now, the... In the night session, and I, you know, if you, you know, I sort of foreshadowed here. I said I thought Ruzic was the best Croatian, but this girl uh, Worth, Worth, uh, beat Potapova from two six down, uh, two six six three six four in the night session. A uh, local girl, no name, ranked like three seventy in the world. Um. Potapova tanked, and Potapova tanked, and obviously this girl, like, all of these no-names, big underdog local girls, um, like, I understand that this for them is like the grand, uh, a grand slam. I understand that. Um, but if, if, if they see their opponent struggle, then yeah, they'll turn not into Serena Williams, but this girl Worth turned into Martina Navratilova. She wasn't missing anything, she was hitting incredible forehands, and... Potapova was struggling, and she only did that after she struggled, so it honestly made matters worse for Potapova. Potapova was tanking, and, and uh, that's Potapova for you. By the way, uh, Potapova in French Open qualities lost to a girl called Kulikova. After having a remarkable clay season all the way, like, leading up to that. And anyway, that was a shocking one. That was a shocking one. But that was yesterday. Today we can we can move from that. Uh, tomorrow the slate looks pretty good. Uh, quarterfinals tomorrow. You have Olga Danilovic versus uh, AKS uh, Shmidlova. Um, Shmidlova is a bit of a scary one, but some respect is being shown here to Dan Danilovic, and she's honestly playing really well. Uh, she's a she's a really good lefty, honestly creative, energetic, active on the court. Uh, impressive player, and I like her a lot. Better in the two previous rounds, so I think we're gonna go again. Yeah, Olga Danilovic, uh, money line minus 110 looks good. Uh, Clara Burel is plus four and a half and plus 210 against Cosiareto. Now, I don't understand this line at all. Who the fuck is Cosiareto? And Clara Burel is honestly kind of decent. No, I mean, she's a serial loser, but she's been playing really well, so I'm very surprised. Uh, to see this line like this. Noskova versus Martina Navratilova. Um, Noskova being shown big respect here, and I think I'm gonna bite. Uh, Worth, I don't think she replicates that performance again. Potapova tanked a lot. I think Noskova is not gonna get complacent or allow for that to happen. She's not gonna take any lead or anything like that for granted and will respect her opponent, especially... Uh, I'm sure after yesterday's events, I'm sure she'll be made aware of it and, and take her, her her opponent very seriously and respectfully and and put her in her place and put her away easy. I think minus four and a half or under 19 and a half or even minus five and a half look very good. Gasanova's a huge favorite against uh, Big Nemo. I think there the over looks very good. Gasanova to win a set also. I think that's a crazy one. Um, but that's some good value as well. I think it's tough for Gasanova to win. Um, but I don't know, man. I don't know. That's a, that's a tough one. A lot of value on Gasanova uh, to win a set and the over for sure. Uh, you can go... You know... What's it called? The, for the trifecta. For the trio, over to win a set and money line, uh, for the underdog. Might do that for Clara Burel too, uh, but these matches they look good, man. These, the, honestly, these are these are pretty good matches, I would say. Uh, Danilovic, by the way, her head-to-head -head against Smidlova is 2-0. 
if you're interested. Uh, Cosiretto, uh, Burel, head to head, none. They've never met before. Uh, Noskova versus Martina Navratilova, obviously they've never met before. And Big Nemo versus uh, Stasia Casanova, they've never met before. Uh huh. Uh, really quickly, just to go through uh, tomorrow, oh, uh, really quickly. So, the men's semis tomorrow at, at Roland Garros. Uh, Zverev, Zverev Rafa over 35.5, over 36.5, and, and maybe some Zverev uh, to win two sets and Zverev money line. Uh, but love, love, love the over, I think. And and Chilich in every way possible uh, to win two sets and money line for sure. That shit is hilarious. Uh, here at the 125k in Makaraska, um, Danilovic money line, uh, Clara Burel uh, games and over. And money line and fuck man any anything you want I don't know I really this line just really smells like fish I don't understand how Burel is such a huge favorite a huge underdog it makes no sense whatsoever and I'm it's a bit I'm a bit skeptical uh but I think over and her money line and and to win a set fuck it I mean in, in whatever way you like I really think you can't go wrong if you bet Clara Burel or the over okay um, and no Scova either spread or under. I think 19.5 is good. Uh, minus 5.5, minus 4.5, also good. Uh, Gasanova, Nemo, my best bet there would be the over. Um, and Gasanova, Moneyline, if you're feeling lucky. To win a set, if you want a more safe, less, less, less risk, less reward there. Okay. Um, so that is all for tomorrow. Uh, really excited for tomorrow's men's matches. Uh, there'll be some uh, quarterfinals as well in this 125k that uh, we can watch earlier during the day. Uh, and they do have a night session as well, but I don't think... Uh, may maybe the... No, no, it won't be. There's no way. But any anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, good stuff. Um, this has been the Safe Space. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, for those who messaged me, I, I appreciate your kind words and your prayers. Um, I really appreciate that a lot. Um, and yeah, as always, best of luck to us, and I'll see you guys tomorrow.